Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by Non-Stop Dogwear, releasing your dog's potential through robust, reliable and ergonomically designed gear. Whether that dog is small or big, purebred or a mix, a world champion or a family dog, does not matter. All dogs are equal and deserve nothing but the best. Dog jackets are more than just fashion. They keep your dog happy and comfortable in any condition, allowing you to get out and have fun together, whatever the weather. Check out Nonstop's new range of trekking dog raincoats and insulated jackets. Head to your local Nonstop Dogwear stockist. So today's podcast is something a little bit different. Um, we chatted to somebody who you whose face you may well all recognise. Um, about gun dogs and a little bit about the history of Labradors as well. It was fascinating, wasn't it, Louise? Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, it was just a kind of. Well, it wasn't a canny cross conversation. It was a conversation, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. The whole uh, history, the whole uh, yeah, the whole journey of, of this this person's um, uh, dog ownership, which was quite yeah. sad. It, and it's something we want to do a little bit more of, just learn about, because Canny Cross is obviously, you know, it's something that working dogs enjoy. So we just want to learn a little bit more about the different types of working dogs out there and how this relates a bit to Canny Cross and, you know, the, the history of the breeds, because this is something that always fascinates us with the different quirks and personalities, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and why they, I suppose, why they're so good at Canny Cross in, yeah. in the end. Um, uh, so, yeah. So... Go and have a listen and do let us know what you think. And if you've got any suggestions of anyone else that we should get on the podcast like this, then let us know and we will do our best. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations. This week we have something a bit different, but I hope you'll enjoy it as we welcome Nick Hewer to the podcast. You remember Nick from The Apprentice, where he was Lord Sugar's right-hand man, as well as hosting Countdown for nearly 10 years. Today we are talking to Nick about dogs in particular his dog Molly, but also how they have played a part in his life. Maybe not through Canny Cross, but as dog lovers, we thought we'd talk about the role they play in our lives and the other sports and stuff we can do with our dogs. So welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Start up, how have you had dogs in your, um, in your life? Oh, there were dogs everywhere at home. Um, my father was a a vet, a country vet. Um, mm. And in those days, of course, pet ownership was a fraction of what it is today. And the whole veterinary uh, profession seems to have turned on its head. There aren't any cattle anymore, but there are, in order to replace them, there's sort of, you know, 15,000 chihuahuas, it appears. Anyway, as a very young boy, I was given um, a little cross, spaniel cross. It was the sweetest thing. I was about seven, I suppose. Yeah. And it was called Pitch, and I loved it dearly. And um, he used to sleep on my bed, and mm -hmm. I loved it, and uh, it was glorious. And then, I mean, you wouldn't believe this, but it got up and got diphtheria. Was it oh. diphtheria? No, what did they get? Dogs got some terrible uh, disease in those days. And my father had to put it down. And, and of course, I never forgave him. 
<laughs> and it was it was awful, and I was absolutely grief stricken. Um, and to such an extent, the word got round, and I was then presented um, with a replacement puppy, which was well, not so much a puppy actually. It was called Ricky, and it was a disgusting little Pembrokeshire corgi. Now I'm terribly sorry to have to put this to you, but that is not a boy's dog. <laughs> boys don't. Boys don't want corgis. Anyway, I palmed it off to my brother. Uh, and he seemed to accept it, poor little Ricky. Uh, and my other brother, Fergus, always had boxers. They were always called Bella. So there were always at least two or three dogs in the house. Um, and my father had a dog sort of at his heel, as it were. Yeah. Um, the last one, he had a very pretty German pointer at one stage. And then he ended up with a Dalmatian, notoriously stupid dogs. Um, um, and, and, and that was it, really. So there were always dogs at home, many of them sleeping with the annual uh, lamb that my sister would adopt um, because if mum had died. Yeah. And she liked, she liked lambs. My father also kept a goat at my sister's uh, insistence, because she liked the devil eyes, and he used to milk this thing. Fidge was full of goat's cheese. Anyway, that was the, sto that was the animal story uh, at the Grange in Swindon. It's like, yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, I, I realised you come from Swindon because I'm from Bath, so uh, I thought, oh, we've got even more in common. Um, so how did you two meet? I'm going to ask the question. How do you know each other? We There's met. a bit of a story there, isn't there? Well, there is a bit of a story there. I don't know if you remember, Nick, but we met at um, my husband's uh, work do. It was an award ceremony, wasn't it? Yeah, very good. And we were starting to talk about dogs because Pickler just had her puppies and I was, you know, being the, you know, proud puppy owner and showing Nick. And then we had this conversation about who had the best looking Labrador. I seem to remember. I have. I, have. <laughs> no, I I disagree there. I think I have. <laughs> well, yours might be perfect, but mine's prettier. Oh, okay. This is the sad story about my Molly. I, I had, um, uh, I got a gun dog. She was three years old. I bought a fully trained. She was called I... Hunter. Very posh dog she was. Very beautiful. And was she a Labrador as well? She was a Labrador. And she was one of Lord Spencer's dogs, you know, uh, Diana's brother. Yeah, yeah who lives locally and he had two and he gave one back to the trainer and told him to sell it so the trainer sold it to me but actually sold it to me in a very hesitant hesitant fashion he said nick he said you'll find her she's a little bit soft i said all oh, right he said why don't you come and have a look at her and if you like her take it don't pay me now but you can you can think about it. And if you don't get on with her, I thought this is all a bit odd. But she was very beautiful, but she was very timid. She wasn't so is that what, me. Is that what you meant by soft? Soft, yeah. Oh, right. She wasn't timid with me or indeed my wife. She was walked to heel. I mean, perfect. But everybody else she'd be scared of and would hide under the table. Now, that is not a good sign in a dog. And while she was very good as a gun dog, you can't have that sort of behavior if there are children around. Yeah. 
So I said to the trainer, after actually about three or four months, I disappeared to Japan just at the outbreak of uh, of uh, COVID and left her with my wife, who doesn't like dogs anyway. When I got back, she says, you're going to have to do something about this dog. So I gave it back to the trainer and said, I'll take one of her pups, okay? And my current dog, Molly, who is so exquisitely pretty, is the replacement. Um, I bought her 12 weeks old, but here's the tragedy. Hanky's out. She suddenly acquired a limp. And I took her to a number of vets. They said, oh, no, no, it's muscular, muscular. It'll, she'll walk it off. Well, she hasn't walked it off. So I took her to see a chap who's a specialist, a professor in orthopedic surgery in dogs, who said, I don't like the look of this. I think you may well find that she's got elbow dysplasia. Yeah. Dysphasia. One of the others, anyway. And he said, I suggest you take her to the veterinary school in Cambridge at the university there and have a CT scan. And I saw this wonderful woman who confirmed the diagnosis. And there we are. She's got she's got dysplasia or dysphasia, whatever it is, in both front legs. So Michelle, didn't you didn't Poppy have this? Yes. Um what what have they said to you about her? Because Poppy had um elbow dysplasia when she was very young. She she's a rescue dog, um, my dog. Um, yeah. we, we adopted her when she was nine months old and she yeah. developed a limp at yeah. about kind of close to 18 months old and that was diagnosed as elbow dysplasia but we have we have a very good specialist here in Manchester um, and he managed to operate on her and scrape all the diseased bone out and she's now she canny crosses with me we don't we don't race or anything but you know he said there's no reason why she can't run again so that that had a happy ending so how long ago was this um this was poppy six now so this was about four and a half years ago yeah and she doesn't limp and she runs? No, not at all. She was very lame, which is why I took her to the vets concerned about her. Because um, yeah. we didn't know a history, of course. And I wonder whether she just had very poor nutrition as a street dog, um, which has caused her bones not to grow properly and to crumble. But, um, yeah, the, the vets managed to operate successfully on her. So she's kind of a, a success story. So there is there is hope. Oh, well, I might need his name. <laughs> he was very good, yeah. I'll let you know afterwards. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's a real yeah. story, really, because I, I can't bear to see her limping around. Because um, to me, as an ignorant person, if somebody's limping, they're limping because not to limp hurts. Yeah. My wife takes a different view. <laughs> Um, even though she doesn't like dogs. She says, well, not necessarily. They can get into a habit of limping. She's furiously asking everybody around, just because a dog limps doesn't mean it's in pain. And she gets a mixture of answers. Um, And uh, I don't know why she's so keen. Anyway, there we are. I haven't spoken to the vet because I'm abroad at the minute. But as soon as I get back, I shall call him and see what he says. I was going yeah, to say, don't, they don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. No. So you pick out little bits of bone that have splintered off, I think. And also, yeah, he did like keyhole surgery, and because he said it was all, he showed me this the um, scan that he'd done, and it was all really crumbly. And he said we just literally scraped it out, and it just came away. And it, 
but the signs of arthritis. Ah, yes. At a three-year-old dog. Yeah, because of this issue. Yeah. And um, mind you, I've just got I think I've got arthritis in my thumb. <laughs> Just You're a little bit older than three, though, Nick. <laughs> I'm, a, uh, yeah, actually, quite a lot older. <laughs> but there so, we are. So you got Molly at 12, 12 weeks old. Yeah. So yeah. And, and so the first one was that your first lab? Have you? Uh, was that no, your... no. I had another lovely lab called Jasmine, um, and I bought her from a lady in on the Y in, in Monmouthshire. And she said, um, it was that sweet. She was, she was lovely. She was maybe, she was maybe nine months old or something, but she was already beginning to retrieve and so forth. Yeah. She said, you may think she's got rather short legs for a Labrador. I said, well, I did notice they're tiny bit short. She said, yes, I wouldn't worry about that. Very good for going through hedges. Anyway, I bought this thing called Jasmine and had her until she dropped dead underneath my desk. Oh. Another pretty dog, but people would say, we're not sure that she's a thoroughbred Labrador. Uh, and I used to say she's a Scottish Labrador. They always have short legs. <laughs> she was actually well, a very well-bred dog, but she was a bit of a runt, really. You don't seem to have a very good track record with your Labradors at the moment. No. It's the legs, you know. Anyway, she's buried in the garden. Oh. Um, and I was very fond of her. So you you got this you got Molly before lockdown, didn't you? I think if so was it when you retired from uh, uh No, I got Molly after did I well she's three now. How long have we been since lockdown? I have no idea now. Neither have I. I think Yeah, it's coming up for four years, isn't it? Yeah. I, I tell you she was born on November the twenty first. 2020. Oh, okay, so that was in lockdown. That was post lockdown, yeah. Lockdown was March 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, she's been a, I mean, she was a nightmare as a puppy, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that she's also a bad girl because we have a wood with pheasant. In ah. There. She goes in, she brings them back and plucks yeah. them in front of me. But that's that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, isn't that's that's no, she's no, doing no, exactly no, no, what no. she's bred for, isn't she? <laughs> she's meant to bring them back alive. I right. I do the killing. Yes. You got it so, wrong. She, she thinks she can do it all. Anyway, very cross. But it um, sounds a, a bit like pickle. If I'm honest, pickle gets them out the hedges and brings them back, and they died of shock or whatever. Um. What did you do all the training for her though as a gun dog? Because that's what we're quite oh, interested in. No, oh. I, put, I sent her away. Did you? Yeah. And why why did you do that? Because I'm I'm on the move all the time. And I think you've got to do it consistently and seriously. And I'm I'm hardly ever at home, frankly. So, so um I couldn't have done it properly. And to be truthful, um she's not very well trained. I mean, she's terribly keen and she's shivering with anticipation and excitement. Um, but then she tears off and then tries to give the bird to somebody else. <laughs> it hasn't quite got the message that she should bring it to me. <laughs> but what was funny, I was shooting and we were allowed to, you know, let them go and retrieve during the shoot. 
she was so good. When I looked down to the ground for the first time, I had a sort of a circle of pheasants all around me, maybe about 15 of them that she had collected and delivered, and she was off getting another one. And the other people weren't very happy about this. The other guns weren't very happy. Anyway, they were. Good sport. Yeah, but very thorough then <laughs> in her job. Oh, she loved it. Loved it, yeah. So how long was the training? How long did you send her away for? And did you have to get trained as well? Because I always think that's the the part, the main part of it. The dogs are, are all, I think, quite bright. It's the same with, you know, canny cross and stuff like that. I think dogs pick things yeah. up quite quickly. I think it's us that let them down sometimes. Well, if that's the case, I almost certainly do. Um, but oh, it's quite interesting. I once made a little film about Labradors, actually, Ooh. gun dogs. It was interesting. I, I went up to Scotland to visit the Duke of Buccleuch's estate, okay? I think he's got a quarter of a million acres up there somewhere, and also 40 gamekeepers, all in the, 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 the family tartan, whatever it is. Anyway, I went up there because... The Duke of Buccleuch's ancestor was shooting in the late 1800s at the Duke of Malmesbury's estate down in Wiltshire. They all get together, they stick together. And he said, that's a funny looking dog you've got over there. He said, yes, yes, he said, says the Duke of Malmesbury. That's, uh, that's what we call a Labrador. They come from Newfoundland. He said, they're terribly good. They swim, you know, um, and they swim very well. They bring birds in off the water. They bring the nets in, all the clever stuff. He said, do you, want, do you want them? Because I'm a bit fed up with them. There's a, a dog and a, a bitch. The bitch was called Nell, and the dog was called something else. Anyway, he took them back to Scotland, and they were the first Labradors in the UK. And he's got the stud book with Nell and her boyfriend uh. in it. And then... Every Kennel Club Labrador ever since comes out of those two. And, um, oh, it's extraordinary. And he breeds them. And he's got a kennel master called David something. And um, he's got a purpose-made um, breeding complex with a beautiful courtyard with his coat of arms in the middle of it in cobblestones. And he's got cameras in each whelping pen. And that's it. And he said, you want to go? What we'll do is we'll take um, uh, one of these dogs up and I'll show you what to do. So we went right up in the hills and there was a valley and then it, the valley rose on the other side. And they had a remote gun the other side that spat out a dummy pheasant. You with me? Yeah. He said, so when you hear it, then you've got to direct the dog to go it's a long way yeah so off he went and i gave it the signal off he went and then it would look around for instructions and i stick my left arm out and it would turn left and then i'd do something else and it would jump across a river amazing until it was almost out of sight and then i gave it another direction and it jumped over a five-bar gate and then collected this thing and brought it back to me that was wonderful wow yeah Cool. And actually, actually, our, our canny cross, we have to teach a lot of uh, commands, but they, but we can't do the hand signals because right. they're in front of us and we're running, so we have to tell them by word to go left or right or things right. like that. So it just shows, doesn't it, how intelligent 
Yeah. And, and, you know, these dogs want to do things for us, don't they? They do. They also um, can be naughty. And you always know when they know when they've done something bad. (laughs) Because they slink in and they know they've done a bad thing. Um, But there we are. She's very good. She travels here to France with me in the back of the car. Loves it. Does she? Oh, yeah, it's great. So so you... That's quite interesting because we did a, a, a thing on uh, travelling with dogs abroad because it's all changed now, hasn't it, yeah. to get to France? Well, I think I, I'm I'm cross with vets at the moment, actually, because <laughs> um, their fees are outrageous. If you want to take a dog to France now, you've got to go through a rigmarole of a 12-page document. Yeah. Okay. And I filled a it all in and the vet has to sort of check it and they have to take it away it's all very important and the rest of it and then the last page they date and sign it okay anyway this was all done and i couldn't go suddenly the trip was cancelled but i could go in three weeks time say so i went yeah. back to that and i said um i couldn't go so i need another one of these things so all we've got to do is to change the last page because everything else is the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, oh, no, this is a legal document. That'll be another £180. I said, I think this is absolutely outrageous. You're doing nothing. And this is, this is frankly, profiteering. Anyway, I marched back to France and got a French passport, which lasts the dog's lifetime, and it costs €9. Euros. So how have you managed to get that? Is that because you have a property in in france so you've got an address in france um yes i think you've got to have a uh, a property uh, it's got a french passport um um and it's absolutely wonderful and you know the local vet here organized it all for me it takes a bit of time yeah very bureaucratic but once you've got that blue covered passport which has france on the cover i have a french dog yeah and uh, she walks like a little French dog now. Oh. <laughs> a bit of a French accent. But I, I love it because French I was dog. so fed up with, with being, you know, ripped off, frankly, by the British system. Why we can't straighten ourselves out, I do not know. But it didn't used to be that bad, did it? So I, I have a, a very good friend who's a vet, uh, and it didn't used to, and he was like a night. When Brexit happened, he was it was a nightmare. He hated it. Because you know all the stuff that he had to do, but do you still have to get the rabies? Is it rabies jab when you go back before you go back? No, you have to have a a wor- worming thing. Oh yeah, yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, I but was going the, the rabies. Yeah, no, but it needs refreshing every now and again. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all and all the inoculations are in the passport. No, and I think that's what we used to be able to do, isn't it? Have a passport from here to yeah. uh, Europe. And we paid for it, and it was a lifelong passport, but things have changed. So, yes, I'm with you on that one. So, back to Molly and a typical day shooting. What what does she have to do, and, and how long is she out, sort of? Well, I mean, normally we all get together at about 8.30, and this is sort of bacon sandwich and coffee and blah, blah, blah. And then we go to the first drive, um, and there are five or six drives stopping for lunch but these days we we're through by about two o'clock okay um and um that's it really now does she sit by me at my peg 
Mm, well, she does, but only because she's moored to my peg with one of those things you stick in the ground. Yeah, you know, yeah. She's not as well trained as she should be uh, just to sit there without, you know, temptation and wanting to run away. But that's okay. That's okay. But, but, but she's you saying then she let doesn't... her go and then, whoa, off she goes and loves it. They're so excited by the whole thing. They love working, don't they? Absolutely. And they love running. And they're so, she's such an elegant dog when she's running. Not but even, even when she's got a limp, because you can't see the limp when, when they're running. It's only when they stop running that they, they limp. That she starts doing it. So she brings it back to you, but she doesn't necessarily bring it straight back to you. No, she might visit a couple of other people and you know, <laughs> try to <laughs> drop it off there. She's like it. She's like she's like one of those Amazon drivers. Tries a few addresses before before she gets the right one. She just lobs it over a fence or something. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. I um I have a uh, does she do so what a pickle does and she pickle is a failed gun dog because I took a gun dog training and I was told she should never go on a shoot. Oh wow. Um, which is why we got into Canicross, because she goes after them. Like it's like this red mist goes down and she should just go. But she does this big circle, which I think is a gun dog or a Labrador thing, that she'll do this big circle when she's coming back to me. Yeah. But she won't come straight back. She'll do a big circle, which I kind of got used to. But does Molly do things like that? or If I, because we live in the country and uh, I would take her for a walk and she'll go off and she does exactly that. Uh -huh. You can see her on the brow of a hill and she's racing and, and running beautifully and goes all the way around and then comes in. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's a joy to watch. Actually, joy to watch. Yeah. When you get used to the fact that they're not ignoring you and they are going to come back yeah, to you. Back, yeah. yeah. No, that's brilliant. So how, how long did you send her away for training? And was it long enough then, do you think? Or do you think it's just her as a dog that's... So, no, no, I think they could. I mean, her mother, the psychiatric case, was overtrained, clearly. Oh, right. That was the problem. Right. And actually, I think she perhaps has maybe been trained very hard. Yeah. Um, she was amazing. And people used to say, Where did you get that dog? My God, she's so good. Yeah. Um, um, but the, the downside was that I think that she wasn't safe. She she would snarl under the table if somebody came into the house. Yeah, that's not good. Have that. No. Yeah, so she that's was she was an actual working dog rather than a pet. Because I think there is a difference there, isn't there? It there may be, but yeah. she, although uh, we're lucky enough to have gun kennels at home, um, she sleeps in the house. Yeah. 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 But have you did you, have you done that with all your dogs though? Because that's really interesting. Because I know a lot of people during COVID and when dogs were getting um, stolen, that would have bought their dogs in the house to keep them safe and have kept them in the house. That wasn't the reason we did it. Because we're at you know the end of a farm tract or the oh, but I mean it was going on um, in a town near us. Apparently, these people used to come in uh, into the town. Um, and send a drone over the gardens looking oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah and it always worried me that a delivery driver might just because this dog 
Mo- uh, Molly would jump into a car with anybody. So that used to worry me, you know, that yeah. she would just jump into that and gone. Yeah. And it's still going on. I mean, as you know, Michelle knows and people know now that I had puppies and I didn't put anything on social media at all while I still had them because I was so scared of, you know, something happening. And, you know, it's easy. I think price has dropped, though, hasn't it? Yeah, price has completely dropped. And that got silly, didn't it? But price has completely dropped. But and I think the saturation has happened as well. But, you know, there's still beautiful puppies um you know and um, well well bred puppies so um there's still a, a little bit of a market out there i think but so do you do anything at home do you play games with pickle uh, pickle sorry molly at home or do you no. do you do any more training or you just no um we're lucky to have um uh, plenty of room for her to run around and we've got a big pond so she goes in there and wades around actually i think we had a duck with her little string of ducklings. I think she, she went in there because she was very embarrassed one day and came back dripping wet. And we never saw them again. Oops. I, that was going to be my next, next question, actually, Nick. Like, how is she? Is she generally very prey-driven? Will she just chase things when she's not working? Uh, birds she will, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had chickens, too. We, <laughs> we, had, we had chickens. Uh, for our granddaughter, she picked them all out. And we had them in a little chicken house in the wood. And they they laid eggs. Shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, but um, we always have lots of eggs. And we put an electric fence, that electric netting round. Okay. Um, and we let them out, but there was a little bit of chasing. In fact, in the end, actually, the um the fox got more yeah they're so wicked those fox what was interesting my wife came rushing into the house she said for heaven's sake you must get out there the terrible screaming noise coming from where the chickens are i said all right she said you must go now immediately it's there's havoc out there it's terrible i don't know what so i went out and a fox was all tangled up in the electric fencing, which was pulsing, and every time it pulsed, it screamed. Okay? No, it's terrible. So I went and got a gun. I thought, I'm going to have to shoot it, won't I? What else do I do? So I I came back, and as I came back, and was about to level the gun and send it to the great, um, the great, um, you know, fox home in the sky, um, it turned into a deer. Oh. It just it just changed into a deer and and leapt over the fence and was away. And it just shows you what tricks your mind can mm. play. Because chickens, fox in the chicken house, it's obviously yeah. a fox, you know? Yeah. But they actually suddenly got this quite a big deer. <laughs> and off it went. Yeah. And Molly wasn't around anywhere at that point. No, I don't know where she was. Maybe she was away being trained. I don't know. <laughs> but it was it was a very odd psychological thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've got chickens and Pickle knows not to go near. Or she'll chase at the fence, but she won't go in if the door's open. Um, but if they're in the garden, she'd probably have them. So, yeah, they sound very similar. They're, they're both beautiful and they sound very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> what was interesting was that my wife and the grandchild were standing looking at the chickens on the lawn, just admiring them. And then my wife thought, I don't understand, but there's a fox standing immediately at the other side of the chickens. She suddenly, her eyes refocused on a fox, which jumped up right up in the air and came down on a chicken. Even while they were there? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it had crept right up to the chicken that they hadn't noticed it. Nobody noticed it. Wow. And it literally sprang right up in the air and then down, which apparently was yeah, the joys of living in the countryside, isn't it? But um, usually dogs keep foxes. I always think dogs keep foxes away a little bit, but if they're in the land. But yeah, maybe. there we are. Yeah, there we are. Anyway, Michelle, have you got any more questions? Um, I just wanted to ask if you've got any advice for somebody who's thinking of getting a, you know, getting into gun dog training, of getting a gun dog. Um, you know, what advice would you give them in terms of training and well, selecting one? I've explained to you how I'm really not the right person to <laughs> ask, but I can't. But in a way, I am because um, I didn't do enough of it. Or yeah. it, if you're going to do it, then you've really got to do it and do it every day and all day and all the rest of it until you've got through, or you send them away, which is what's. Yeah which is actually the lazy way. Um, but some people just haven't got the time, and that was my case. Uh, but I, I think also, not only did I not have the time, I didn't have the inclination. You know, yeah. it all was a bit, you know, like hard work. Um, so if you're going to do it, do it properly or send it away for the right length of time. It's expensive. Yeah. Send it away. But I think you make that commitment with the dog, and I think you, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I think consistency is yeah. the biggest thing. So but, important, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I'm I'm guilty of that, which is why I've got a dog that you know does her own thing sometimes. Yeah. But and are you having puppies? Oh, you've had puppies with. We've had puppies. They've all gone. They've all gone. So there's five lovely black and red fox puppies out in the world now. Yeah, I had Molly Spade. Um. Probably an act of selfishness on my part. It's hard work. Um, yeah, oh, I bet. The night, the night you saw me was my night out <laughs> in the middle oh, of it. I mean, puppy, <laughs> um, can, I mean, it, they tear the place apart. Yes, it's interesting. Dude, it's a nightmare. No, but the Apes, very, it was a, very beautiful, the end experience, the whole, looking back now on it and having had some sleep, it's been a wonderful experience and I might do it again to keep one this time. Oh. Well done, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's been it's been fantastic, and, and okay. well done on curing the dysplasia. Yes, uh, do well, let me know that. the name of the that that genius who did it. Yes, I will do, Nick. Please yeah. do, please do, because well, um, I can't bear this dog to be limping. She's through. She what? Ten more years. The thing is, I won't make ten years. Somebody else is going to have to look after a lame dog. Well, let's be positive. Let's finish on a positive note. You might make that 10 years. <laughs> and you, I kind of hope keep not. keep walking and shooting and out there exercising. You've got every potential to do that, Nick. So, um, All right. I'll do mindset, my best. Mindset. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time and joining us on Canny Cross Conversations. I hope you've really enjoyed this episode. A little bit different, but we just know we needed to bring it to you. See you on the next episode. 
enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and if you get a moment please leave us a review we'll see you next time on canny cross conversations thanks to our sponsors non-stop dogwear head to your local non-stop dogwear stockist to check out the new trekking dog raincoat and insulated jacket